Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Science Faction. The only show where a scientist, a comedian, and a comedian scientist come together to discuss science. Comedically. Hello, and welcome to Science Faction. Uh, 686, Science Faction, the first Science Faction of 2024! Uh, yeah, and I'm actually glad because normally we end the year with a best of, but I realized like normally yes. when I'm combing through those best of, I have like 12 Werner Herzogs to pick to pick through. I have like three Copernicuses, you know, like I have I because that's that's what tickles my funny bone. I think this might have been the year I did the fewest impersonations. There's a few Alex Joneses I know. But I feel like I feel like I've I've been resting on my on my wacky Tex Avery laurels. Uh, yeah, we actually didn't do the best of this year. We normally do at the end of every year. It's like one of my favorite shows. We, we sit around, we look at all the, the best things we did that year and uh, narcissistically talk about how great we are in a recap episode. We just didn't have time. We got a bunch of stuff going on. Uh, I, I got a faculty appointment at a university, so I've been getting my, my class stuff ready and it came in kind of last minute right before school starts uh, next week. So I've been uh, working on that stuff. We've been going off and doing holiday stuff. All of that stuff stuff combined went uh, together along with your wife got taken over the holidays and you had to go to Europe and sort that out and that's true when they called me up I was like uh, listen I understand you have her you have to understand I have a, a very particular set of skills so if you are vulnerable to either archaeology or podcasting boy are you screwed it was uh, mummies who were like totally into Rogan <laughs> <laughs> oh no oh man his editing's on point <laughs> Yeah, they're a DIY. They're actually the other uh, science faction. Uh, that's actually a couple mummies. And <laughs> so yeah, so if you uh, if you missed out on our normal year end uh, show, just go back and listen to all of the episodes again. It's all free. Just go listen to them all again. Uh, pick out what you like, and then listen to those again. And then we'll just get more hits uh, on the on the podcast, and everybody wins. Yeah, it's fuck. It's twenty twenty four. Like it's not that long ago when. Before the last presidential, we're, we're in another presidential election year, and I remembered like recording. Oh wow! When Trump was in office under the last, and like we would like, like talk about how you know the world's burning every sure. day, and here we are on the year before Trump gets elected again. <laughs> and so this is a historic <laughs> episode. Uh, dear, well, welcome back to everybody. I, of course, am your host, comedian archaeologist Robert Timothy. You know my 2024 comedian de jour, none other than Mr. Damien Mercado. Damien, how is 2024 treating you so far? Uh, it's doing great, actually, because I know there's a lot of crossover. We have big things going with Awful Neutral. Uh, we just found a studio. I was telling Bobby about that, so... Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, if you're a fan of awful neutral, uh, we're going to be meeting in person again. Uh, we're going to be live streaming from a professional studio. We will have the production value of a critical role. It's going to be great. It's going to be weekly episodes, new campaign. It's going to be starting, uh, in March. Yeah. If you like your child porn done with professional setups in a professional studio, by all means, go listen to the new. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's like the best produced and some would argue mm -hmm. not quite uh -huh. the same as child porn, but just like in the same category. I'm sure it's the oh, best, interesting. the best produced version of that. Ethically speaking, they're pretty indistinguishable. Uh, I, I'm sure it's the best produced. Version. You, you are you are you are quite literally the federal government and all these people are just like, dude, weed is not the same as fucking meth man and you're like no everything i don't understand bobby when did you become old man timothy 
When did you become everything I don't understand? Get off my lawn, you damn kids. Yeah, but Dungeons and Dragons is the meth in this analogy. <laughs> Child porn is the weed. <laughs> like it's not the same. Stop equating our 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 like not so innocent but still acceptable child porn to what this guy is doing with his fantasy role playing stuff. <laughs> I, I'm picturing me when I go to Britain. I'm arrested by like the Queen's Secret Service. And I'm I'm kept in this next to the cell, uh, the cell below uh, Gary Glitter's Magneto cell. Gary Glitter, the guy who did the uh, the stadium anthem, who was arrested for child pornography, and I and I believe is kept in a Magneto prison under the Queen's <laughs> Palace. I want to say, but <laughs> I would be kept. So you're saying I would be kept in a cell beneath him? Yes, in the Magneto Palace. Yes, for the real dangerous people. Don't give that man a die. Somebody, no. Somebody's not giving a dice. <laughs> yeah. So you had a, a compatriot insert a 20 sided die into the blood system of a g- unsuspecting guard. <laughs> like people spit on me more than Jimmy Savile. Uh, like, 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 and when I go to Britain, people are like, oh, you, you, you on that podcast with that Damien bloke, ain't you? And he like spits on me. Technically, and technically never convicted of a crime. So yeah, that might theoretically be better. Savile never, because that's what happens when you, when you die, when you beat out the clock. Yeah. Yeah. Something to think about, buddy. Uh, and if you <laughs> want to die to beat out the clock, go ahead and check out our Patreon. You can search Robert Timothy on Patreon. Since we did miss those last episodes, I actually ended up putting up two of our last uh, Patreon episodes on the regular feed. So if you guys like that, if you were like, hey man, these guys, this is a great show. I love this this Patreon thing. How do I get more of it? Go ahead and uh, check out our Patreon. There's actually a link there in the, the posting on the main feed. If you, if you can't find it, sometimes it's a little difficult. Go ahead and check out that link and you can go right to our Patreon. Get four extra science episodes every single week. Hold on, wait. I didn't know you released a Patreon on the regular feed. My sister mm-hmm. texted me and said, thanks for the shout out, because I, I uh, she's the one who's always telling me that all of our Thinner references from the movie Thinner, you know, a.k.a. the car, my car hit a gypsy. Yes. Uh, and now I'm cursed with whatever. Yes. That joke set up. Uh, she said, stop referencing it. Nobody gets it. And I told you that. Yes. And she said, thanks for the shout out. And I saw the name of the episode in the picture and she was, and I was like, Patreon. I was like, oh, my sister is a Patreon. No. That's so cool. But you just ratted her out. No, yeah. <laughs> I thanked her and everything and she didn't correct me. <laughs> All right. Then she's listening to this right now. Just so you know, busted. <laughs> Fucking busted. <laughs> wow. It's weird. It must run in the family when you have knowledge you're not supposed to have and you don't reveal it <laughs> right before a public thing. That must be something... That you wouldn't know anything about, you know, when you, you when you illicitly got the answers to I Call BS during the last uh, Patreon episode. And oh, then did illicitly? Not you mean you sent them to me? It's you illicitly like I opened your it. fucking grade book. <laughs> I illicitly opened my own mailbox. Listen, that your that email box was on the street, ready for the for the for the trash bin. It's uh, it's public property at that point. Uh, let's move right on to science articles. From molecules to particles, this is Science Articles. See, a person, a, a Patreon uh, might not know. They might think that I cheated in a game of chance where Bobby's a, an honest steward. Uh-huh. But if you subscribe at the Patreon level, you know that Bobby's actually a cruel taskmaster. And I was fighting for freedom. Everybody saw, saw what happened. I mean, it's on the regular feed. I, like I said, they can all listen to it right <laughs> now and see what horrible things you posted. You posted the one episode where, you, where you're masking. You're <laughs> 
you're, you're Patrick Bateman <laughs> at a public event, and now you that's the episode you posted, you piece of shit. <laughs> go, go play a fucking fantasy role play game, you unethical bastard. All right, on article number one, new antibiotic discovered by AI. This is super cool. Uh, find like I was I was totally afraid that like the uh, the future of AI would be Skynet. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, it's a goodbye gonorrhea, and uh, uh, I'm sorry specifically antibacterial uh, resistant gonorrhea. What if goodbye gonorrhea was the prequel to the '70s show Welcome Back, Cotter? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was gonna. My joke was gonna be. It sounded more like a, like an emo song. We would uh, like we would have rocked out to when we were in high school. <laughs> it totally does. So yes, we will still have eventually be supplanted by AI. But for now, it's you know how, helping us kick uh, the clap. So this is a really interesting story uh, about an N- MIT developed deep learning AI that discovered a whole new class of antibiotic compounds that can kill drug resistant bacteria, including by the way MRSA, which we have a fucking hard time with when it comes to using typical antibiotics against it. So having something that we can use to fight it when a lot of our, our normal go-tos are bad, it's like a, it's like the end of the action movie and the dude's, you know, his uh, his big old giant rifle that's busted and his sidearm is busted and he's thrown all his grenades and so he reaches into his pocket and pulls out like the fucking K-bar knife and uses that against the aliens at the very end. Like this is, we have used used everything and all of a sudden AI is giving us that final weapon. I think you're forgetting uh, like a lot of doctors actually keep on a lot of MRSA patients keep that grenade yes. uh, right there because you you I'll take the leg on my terms. Yes. You don't take the leg. Yeah. They also keep the K-bar there because that's that's to scare the bacteria. <laughs> <laughs> this guy means business, but let's infect slower, guys. I don't want to. Uh, so, again, the reason this is so important is this is not like we just discovered a new drug that helps headaches, right? Like we have a bunch of drugs that are already out there that helps headaches. Helping headaches would be great. People get headaches. Finding something that some people, sometimes some people can't use some of the drugs we have, so that'd be useful. That's not the situation. When it comes to antibiotics, like the last really well-developed class of antibiotics came out decades ago and i mean like four decades ago and we haven't really come up with anything since and there's really not much in the pipeline because frankly they're just not profitable and they're very very hard to discover and so because of that we basically don't have anything coming out and we have antibiotic resistance just bumping up the asshole and by the way covid didn't help because a lot of people ended up getting over prescribed uh, antibiotics for diseases that weren't even bacterial because the doctor couldn't even see them in person and do lab tests and so they got prescribed essentially over telemedicine and they didn't use it correctly. And so we got it, it, it even accelerated. There's some evidence that accelerated during COVID. But basically, we have entire groups of bacteria that we can't fight, including, as Damien mentioned, a now uh, like colloquially termed super gonorrhea that like basically almost no existing antibiotics work against. Yeah, sorry, baby. I got I, I got antibiotic resistant gonorrhea. Now you do too. Everybody hates having to make the call. We've all had to make it. <laughs> I just want a point of order. You said uh, bumping up the ass earlier. And like a lot of times, like, you know, a lot of nerds, and and Bobby's a nerd. He knows this. 
uh, when they like say stuff like they're like a guy who's like never like cursed before trying to string together curse words to whatever. Uh, I want you to know that's not what Bobby was doing no. at all. Uh, because bumping up the ass is literally something we know a guy who's done that figuratively, yes. and yes. and he goes ball as you as you might imagine, yes. parties balls to the wall. That is where you use cocaine in the rectum for a more uh, a quick and more direct uh, uh, effect into your blood. So if you're a youth listening to that, and you're like, I've never heard that before. Well, guess what? Bobby's beat you to the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> you were the one who was not cool. It is in fact Bobby who has beaten you to the punch. So th- this is just such awesome news. We have talked on this show a bunch about this, and it's kind of like this unspoken thing that doesn't get talked about a lot is the fact that we don't have new antibiotics in the pipeline. The old antibiotics are already not working. It's not even like, oh, in the future they might not work. Against certain forms of MRSA, certain you know super gonorrheas, they're just already not working. And it's kind of like a throw your hands up in the air and be like, oh, fuck. And every year people die from bacterial infections that we could have knocked out of the park in the fucking 70s and 80s, which is crazy because medical t- Technology doesn't usually go that way, but there are, you know, standard bacterial infections that people can now die from because they are antibiotic resistant enough and we don't have anything left to go against certain antibiotic resistant strains. So it has been something I have been concerned about for quite some time. It is, you know, being addressed by something like AI, which can, instead of spending decades and billions of dollars of research dollars trying to, you know, try each individual compound, they can set an AI out, look at the molecular structure of all these different compounds and say, which of these would possibly be a good antibacterial? And it'll shoot out a bunch of numbers. That's exactly what they did. They looked through about 12 million compounds. And from that, they identified about five different classes, large groups of compounds of molecules that might possibly be antibiotics and that might work against antibiotic resistance because they're novel enough. That's the other thing. It can't be similar enough to existing antibiotics for the bacteria to be able to adapt to it. So they're novel enough that they could kind of get around that antibiotic resistance. And they were specifically looking for ones that would be that would be predictive to be active against MRSA. Then they just went out, bought a bunch of drugs and try like combined them, you know, made the molecules that the AI had said might work and then tried them against MRSA in the lab. So this is, you know, half on a computer and then half in the actual lab. And they found that two of those substances, they were both from the same class of molecules, looked like they were really they ended up decimating or knocking down by a factor of 10 the amount of MRSA uh, that was in those Petri dishes. And so this is awesome. This is, you know, from computer screen to proof of concept in probably a couple of days because AI works really quickly and it's not difficult to go put these molecules together and toss them on some MRSA. So in a couple of days, we did what we haven't been able to do in like 40 fucking years. And again, who knows how long this takes to get out. I would like to point out, this is part of a large MIT program that is specifically looking for new antibiotics using AI. So like this is an this is their entire game. This is what they're doing. And it's in conjunction with a nonprofit that's associated with the researcher who is doing all this and leading all of this that then is going going to take control and start producing these. And I, I want to point this out. I didn't say it was in association with, as a lot of these things are, with Pfizer or, 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 or you know, one of these kind of large drug companies. It's, it's in association with a nonprofit. The idea being that these antibiotics are so important that we need to get them out to the public so that when you transfer the rights and ownership over to this nonprofit whose goal is to produce the drugs, does it mean the drugs are going to be free? No, it's still going to cost some amount of money to put them together. About one one hundredth the cost if 
they were coming out from a Pfizer or a GlaxoSmithKline. And that is amazing. This is not just, oh my God, we discovered something. It's, oh my God, we discovered something so fucking fast. Literally in a, the span of a few days, what would have taken decades before, we gave it essentially free licensing to a nonprofit, which will then distribute it in a way that's aff- affordable. And because of all of that, this is going to go from something that was seen on a computer screen to something that actually could be in your body in record time. And that, that is amazing. These are the stories I fucking love to cover because so much, so many science stories end up being, oh, it turns out we burned another hole in the ozone layer. Like we fucked something up, more microplastics, like blah, 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 blah. Every once in a while we get to go, hey, that thing, that AI that was a little scary that was developed like 16 months ago, it might've just saved a million lives in the next, you know, two years. Yeah, but but who's profiting off the? This is un-American. I can't stand by this. Uh, this is huge. This is like one of the. We talk about a lot of stuff on this show, uh, but this is one of those things that, uh, like, if anybody's ever, I was, I've been an EMT, I've been in hospitals, uh, uh, in, in a variety of of jobs, and especially hospital thief. Yeah, so I, I've been a professional hospital thief and hospital seductor. Uh, I go and try to try to get confused, demented old ladies on their deathbed to get wed in the chapel, and then uh, I mean, yeah, we've all had jobs in our thirties and forties, and today, like you know, we've all we've all lived on both sides of the tracks, buddy. All right, this is America. But uh, one of the biggest concerns is MRSA. It is, yeah. it, and it is um, especially in hospitals. I'm shocked. Yeah, and I am shocked at how many people, with how frequent it is, how much it's spreading, like how many how many people don't know about MRSA. First off, um, picture an, uh, an infection on your arm, but it's MRSA. Well, I hope you weren't too attached to not draining your arm every yeah. day uh, from all the fluid and just your arm being an, an infected mess yeah. and then having to remove bits of flesh because it's necrotic. Like that's – and it's all over the place and it's like this uh, quiet epidemic that nobody talks about. And that's if you're lucky enough that they're only removing bits of flesh because at some point they're like, well, you know, fuck the arm to save the person. You know, so it, what you just described is a lot of people's best case scenario with MRSA. Yeah, and it's really it, – it, it, it teams up with a lot of other things in hospitals. Like, for example, uh, diabetes, people who have diabetes wounds. Mm-hmm. MRSA loves people who, yeah. who, who have the and, – and because we're in America, the, the, the home of diabetes. Yes. Trademark. Uh, then, uh, like, like this is kind of unofficially the home of MRSA, you could say, too, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it, it is, and it's, it is so devastating. Like you said, those people who've been around or worked in or even visited a lot of hospitals will know that MRSA is a huge deal. It, it spreads through a lot of those places like wildfire and causes a ton of damage. Very bad for wound clinics, especially. And you know, on the flip side of this, it kind of shows the potential for what AI can do and what it could be. Again, how much research would that, how long would that have taken individuals in labs? Decades. It would have taken decades. And and we're talking, you know, hundreds of people working nine to five for decades to figure out what this computer simulation could go through and figure out and what was probably, I don't know, I say a few days, it honestly was probably like hours or something that it took to actually go through all these different, you know, 12 million combinations and figure out what may or may not work. And then it took a couple of guys, you know, all right, well, let's try some of these, some of the ones that suggested. It suggested like six or seven. Let's try these, throw it in. Oh, two of them work. There we go. This is going to be a huge change in the way we do research, the way we do science, the way we do medicine. There will be cancers whose effects are lessened or even relieved completely by AI drugs. There will be diseases that go from fatal to easily treated 
almost seemingly overnight because of AI drugs. We're entering a new world of medicine that in some ways will be so far advanced beyond our current day that it'll be the equivalent as uh, it'll be the equivalent of how far advanced we are currently from the days of like leeches and bad humors. Like we're currently witnessing the birth of a whole new future of medicine and it will literally change everything. I was wondering what cuz you know we entered the, the future in the as far as telecommunications a bit ago, mm-hmm. um, I've been wondering what was the next thing. It's clearly not going to be transportation. Mm. What's the next? What's going to be the next field? Medical prime. I, I totally escaped my mind that medical would be the next field. You're right because we have we have we now have the technological infrastructure and uh, a lot of things are coming together. Yeah, I, CRISPR. Yeah, it's it, it is very very neat. You know, CRISPR is going to be what we use to genetically modify things. But what's going to tell us how to make those modifications is going to be that AI that goes through and goes. All right, take out this A, take out this C, take out this G. Boom, boom, boom. Do this, do that. Blah, blah, blah. Taking these spider genes, put those in there. You're good to go. You know, and like that's what's going to. This is going to be the driving force of everything in our future: medicine, science, technology, warfare, fucking everything. But for now, at least, looking at these like isolated examples of something we desperately need, which is new classes of antibiotics that can work against things like MRSA. Again, not just some new class of antibiotics theoretically works in some kind of weird situation and blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. This, at least in a lab, works against fucking MRSA. Absolutely amazing. I cannot wait to see what this brings. On to article number two, algae may get you those gains and save the world, bro. So you're going to see like a lot of like uh, algae doing like Insta, like uh, those uh, videos where they people like narcissists film themselves in a gym. Yeah. And like if somebody walks in front of the camera, they lose their shit. Yeah. It's just algae. Somebody clean up this algae. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, so this is super interesting. It's, it's, very, very tentative so far, but very, very promising. Now, we've talked a bunch on this show about the dangers of, of uh, climate change. I think it's you know the biggest threat humanity has ever faced. You add that to the fact that uh, that is highly accelerated by, the, by red meat production, specifically the production from cows and how much methane they put out. Uh, when you add all of that up, it becomes very difficult to see a world, especially as you know the third world comes up to the first world and they want to eat that meat. It becomes hard to see a world where we don't, you know, have kid, our kids running around in 150 degree temperatures pretty soon if we don't figure something out. And so because of that, the ability to create meat and specifically the, the type of protein that human bodies need to build muscle is really important. Now, obviously, there are other ways we do it, like whey and stuff. Obviously, whey comes from, you know, some cow products too. So I'm not sure how much that will be changed. There's some slight differences. They're indoors. You can milk them more than you can get the meat out and all that kind of stuff. But but still, you are talking about that. Now, there are some other types of protein. There are some fungal proteins that we get from mushrooms. And that's actually one that they compared against in this particular, uh, in this particular article. Grasshoppers. Yeah, you could get them from insects, which is a huge one. I think we should definitely start doing that. But what this article looked at was the ability of the human body to uptake amino acids and proteins found in the most commonly commercially available algaes. And they found out that we're actually really fucking good at it. Uh, We're actually so good that at least for one species of algae, it actually does better than the species of fungal mushroom protein that is already on the market and being used by weightlifters and stuff like the vegan weightlifters and stuff like that. So super, super interesting. And this this comes from just kind of coming to that same 
same conclusion, the one we've talked about on this show before. Oh, fuck, cows are really fucking up the planet. All right, but then how are we going to do certain things that we really need? We do need to, I mean, it's pretty hard to build muscle on carrots. Like, it just is. And no matter how much somebody wants to tell you, it's not, like, it is. And, like, can you substitute some legumes in there and stuff and get some protein? Sure. It's pretty fucking hard if you're trying to build a ton of muscle to do it without animal proteins. And this looks like it might actually be a way to do it. Now, I've always thought of algae as something, you know, we talked on the show, too, about things like Craig Venter's uh, business that ended up using algaes that were genetically engineered to produce basically what it, what amounts to diesel fuel, biodiesel, biofuels, and stuff like that. I always thought, Isn't that not, um, aren't biodiesels uh, not commercially viable? Like, they're not... Well, I mean, it would be if you could grow it. I mean, look, if you're growing mats and mats of diesel engine, of diesel fuel, uh, that is essentially carbon neutral, by the way, because you're pulling the carbon out of the atmosphere to do it. Uh, if you are doing that, that is absolutely viable. The question just becomes, you know, how do you set that processes up? How long does it take to go from inception to, to where you're actually pumping that into your gas tank and stuff? And I think it, it, it's quite some time and we haven't gotten there yet. And how many polar bears do I get to kill? Yes. If, I mean, like, I need to, can I at least drown one in the, in the algae pond or something? Can I? Yeah, but only one of the Coca-Cola ones. Pepsi man to the end. High five. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I always thought, man, the future of farming is definitely going to be algaes because not only can we use them to make things like, you know, diesel fuel, basically, but we can also use them to we kind of like tweak little parts of them and, and other things like uh, like yeast cells and stuff. We could we can tweak them to create drugs. We can tweak them to create whatever molecules we want, as long, assuming, you know, certain parameters. And because of that, I always imagine that the farm fields of the future wouldn't be these like, you know, row after row of corn or huge fields of wheat or something. I always thought they would likely just be giant mats of algae or giant mats of yeast, or giant mats of whatever that we have out there that is producing whatever molecule we think is desirable. And in this case, it looks like one of those molecules is protein. But here's the thing. We don't even have to tweak it. It just does this naturally. The already existing strains that just exist in nature that we use for commercial purposes, they already produce these amino acids. We can already uptake them. Our body can already use them to create muscle. It's just nobody knew that. Nobody had done the test before. In this case, they were looking at spirulina and, and chlorella, which are the two most commercially available algaes that contain high doses of micronutrients, and they tested them against that you know, mushroom protein that's been widely available in the commercial marketplace. Now, this is a small N number. They only had 36 people, but they did a double blind trial uh, and they kind of had them do leg exercises and then, you know, take the, the drink afterwards. And then they, they measured gains? Did they measure yes, gains? They were, well, <laughs> not like how much they could lift. They were actually measuring the uptake <laughs> of the amino acids and stuff into the muscles. But you know I'm what? Picturing yeah. bro science, like a, we have a couple bro scientists here from uh, USC. Yeah. Uh, as they're lifting it, the dude in the lab coat is like screaming. He's like, get it up, bro. Get it up. This is you. Don't quit on me. <laughs> I'm picturing a lab coat. The sleeves are clearly ripped off. Huge arms. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, oh, absolutely. he has uh, short basketball shorts on instead of any sort of lab uh, pants or anything. Yeah. A whistle for some reason. So they found, and here's a quote, that protein ingestion increased blood amino acid concentrations, but most rapidly and with higher peak responses following consumption of spirulina compared with mycoprotein and 
chlorella, end quote. And they found that basically it was acting even better than existing commercially available mushroom proteins. This is great. Again, anything we can do to move away from cows, uh, anything we can do, you know, people who, who want to build muscle for them, cows are kind of the easiest, cheapest way to do it. Yeah, you can go and get some like really rare mushroom stuff if you're a vegan. Guess what? I checked out the cost. It's like three times as much. So like when you have something like an algae that can be incredibly easily grown and mass produced, that is the way and one that just again, this is not genetically engineered. Nobody owns a fucking patent. This is just the most readily available algae you can go out and get for commercial purposes. If you have something like that that you can turn into this protein powder, well, then we don't even then why even need the cows? Why bother with them when you have something that's that cheap and easy to produce? That's something that'll probably be, you know, a tenth the cost of what cow stuff is and a thirtieth the cost of what the mushroom stuff is. But because the industry uh, works the way it does, it'll be upsold to to the point where its cost will be comparable. What you would need is some sort of muscle building nonprofit, as we talked about ah. in the previous story. Some sort of uh, <laughs> Some sort of jacked philanthropist to come in and save the day. Like the new Mark Zuckerberg. He's getting pretty jacked. <laughs> what? You should see how you should see what Warren Buffett's been doing the last few years. People haven't seen him, except a few people, but like he can crush a coconut with his ass cheeks. We still need follow-up studies to confirm its effect with bigger N numbers, and we probably do need to do some bioengineering to improve that protein creation. If this is just the natural state, we can probably up that by two or threefold pretty easily and make that an even better product. So all of that stuff is to come, but regardless, it's already a possible industry competitor for red meat, which is always a good thing. Uh, and I can't wait to see this kind of stuff happen. I can't wait to see us making you know, the diesel fuel from it, the, the carbon-neutral diesel fuel and all that other stuff. I am so excited about uh, that kind of world. And I hope that hearing these two stories as your first stories of 2024 make you excited about the science that's coming up this year. And hopefully it won't all be killer AI robots. And it'll be a lot of stories that make you hopeful for the future and what we'll be able to do with as humankind with the, uh, the wonders of the scientific method. So thank you, audience, for coming back to Science Faction 686, where you learned all about a new class of antibiotics discovered by AI and how algae might get you those gains and save the world. Thank you so much for joining us, and come on back next week for Science Faction 687. This message is for my sister. Stop stealing Patreon episodes. You've been listening to Science Faction. Wait, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs>